Hello and welcome back to How Roll Podcast Does Two-Headed Serpent. We are back and we are going to journey into the depths of Oklahoma. Does Oklahoma have depths? I guess we'll find out tonight. <laughs> My name is Joe Trier and I'm your host tonight. And tonight I will also be playing Charles Blackstone, the uh, 62-year-old Alaskan via Texas or Texas via Alaska. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't matter anymore it's, at this stage, does it? It's Texas via Alaska, <laughs> via Bolivia, via New York. <laughs> I've been around, which is explained the accent at least that's my excuse and, I, and i'm joined by some fantastic folks so we'll do some quick introductions a little recap and then on with the show so uh, welcome back to joe curran how you doing and uh, who are you playing tonight i'm doing great joe um i i am playing yeah you know ethan um the south african big game hunter and uh, i think in ohio today we're going to find out uh, exactly how far the rabbit hole goes um hopefully we'll see <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Dave, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? And uh, who are you playing tonight? I'm a bit spaced. I have a migraine. Uh, but that's when Bart really comes out because the brain mouth filter is currently disabled. So sit back, strap in, and enjoy. <laughs> I misheard you for a second. I thought you said strap on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was the been... conversation before, well. Joe. <laughs> it's not outside yeah. the realm of my experience, but not specifically <laughs> planned this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey. Who are you playing tonight? Hello there, Joe. Yes, I'm uh, back on Spencer. Here we go for another round. Bring it on. Amazing. And uh, our last player tonight is Camille. Welcome back, Camille. Uh, how are you doing and who are you playing tonight? Hello, I am well and I am playing Jane Farewell. That works. Uh, <laughs> yeah, excited to be back playing Jane again. Should be fun. And last but by no means least, welcome back to the show, Scott. Yes, thank you very much, Joe. I am looking forward to this session because the last session felt like setting up all the dominoes. This time, I think, yeah, shit's going to fall. Well then, last session, uh, you'd all split up fairly early on after getting to Bingham and done your own little things. It, it had ended up with Bart and Spencer going into the local diner and making some new friends there. They announced to the people there that they were perhaps interested in the teachings of the church or what was going on at the church, and the the fellow people at the diner who seemed to be there in a group almost conspiring together seemed very unimpressed with this and then the lo the owner of the local sawmill came in joined in the conversation he seemed to be fairly drunk and belligerent and yeah it it basically could have gone better meanwhile charles had been working at the sawmill and had got hold of some tools and was trying to repair some broken machinery there, but was a bit hampered by his bandaged hand. And as he'd unbandaged it, he realised that the gash that he put in there a while back with the knife had healed in a strange way, rather than scabbing over, that it was still in place, the edges had healed, and beneath in his palm he could see just the gleam of fresh scales. Speaking of scales, uh, Ethan had met up with the Reverend Cornfield, the minister of the church, the, uh, the, the first church in Bingham, and they had 
basically bonded over their love of Ying, or at least their interest in in all things Ophidian. And seeing that he was somewhat troubled, and also that he had this weird head injury with scales underneath, the Reverend performed a hands-on healing that, yeah, has, has left... Ethan feeling like a new man, perhaps. Uh, we, we left it where he was going over to a mirror to examine the change, and had seen that the skin that was surrounding the wound, and the skin around his head in general, just seemed to be looser now, and perhaps a bit bit dead, and you know, redundant, no longer necessary. And I think we left it with Ethan starting to strip that away to explore what lay beneath. And while all this was going on, Jane had made a new friend, a new friend called Susie, who she chatted with outside the church, who told her a little bit about how she and her father were very much against what the Reverend Cornfield were doing and saw it as being unchristian, and that her father held these informal sort of, yeah, church services or gatherings to try to keep the spirit of true Christianity alive in Bingham, and that, of course, Jane was invited. I mean, the conversation got a little intense. Susie, you know, grew uncomfortable, ran away. As Jane went back to tell the others what was going on, she heard a sort of smashing noise coming from over by the church, and saw black smoke rising, and then something else broke, and there was more black smoke rising. And now, things are on fire. I think that's probably a good point to pick up again. So, I think at this stage, pretty well all of you, with the possible exception of Charles, and even Charles will be aware soon, that the church is on fire. I Obviously, Ethan is fairly close in the the rectory, or at least the house that the Reverend Cornfield lives in. Spencer and Bart are there in the diner, or they were just leaving the diner uh, to talk to Jane when all of this kicked off. So I think we can assume that, that Jane, Spencer and Bart are together. Uh, some people are coming out of their homes or businesses, and there is a hubbub building. People are alarmed, the black smoke is rising and getting thicker from the church. Let's start off with the three of you who are together outside the diner. What are you doing? I guess going to check out what's happening. General sense of curiosity. Jane's not, you know, obviously not too fussed about the church, really, but kind of wants to go and investigate a bit. Okay. Uh, I mean, there are a few other people, a few other townsfolk, who are heading towards the church as well. Some of them seem to be there just to watch the fire, but others are doing things like trying to arrange a bucket brigade. Uh, right, so it's kind of very much some people who are for it and some people who yeah, are not yeah. kind of thing. Okay. There's no, uh, no fi- organised fire service in this town, then? Not that it seems to be responding, no. Well, uh, shall we go lollygag? Yes. I believe you call it rubbernecking, yeah. (laughs) I was starting to feel a little cold, didn't I? So are you just observing or are you helping out? See, it feels like we're kind of picking a side, doesn't Mm. it? (laughs) So maybe we want to hang back a little bit 
observing, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to observe. I'm not sure Bart is up to this kind of thing anyway. And again, also, just the lack of doing anything is maybe making a bit of a statement, if that makes sense. It it certainly does. But then again, we are just newcomers. We don't know what's going on. Yeah, for example, I mean, you've seen that the father and son who had come to to town on the train along with Bart and uh, uh, Jane... Uh, are there? They've they've run to help out the bucket brigade. Yeah, you know, there are certainly a few other people, um, but the people who've come out of the diner are there just watching, uh, with fairly undisguised pleasure as the mm. church is is burning. Um, what I will say is, the three of you can each make spot hidden rolls if you would like. Yes. Why not? That's a success for me, a simple success with 55 against 65. Success, 61. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> a 97 yep. over 80, so... So that's not a fumble, it's just a failure, because okay. your, your spot hidden is that high. On the other hand, you know, the two men do see that there is, as I mentioned, this is on a a fairly small bluff above a river that runs down below. And you can see that there is the figure of someone who, from the dust and and the fact that he's he's now covered in dust himself, has probably taken a fairly expeditious um, route down the bluff, uh, probably half tumbling down there, and is running over towards the river. It uh, looks like a young man. In fact, you're fairly certain it's the young man you saw earlier who was talking to uh, the girl who was talking to Jane after that. Susie's friend. So I look left and right and I see that Spencer's already spotted this guy and I just elbow Jane. and um, This is a new suit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, gesture with my head towards the kid quiet somewhat surreptitiously i definitely recognize him because i kind of got closest to him right i just feel like it's that's that susie's friend Ugh, i forget his name my voice is down dear <laughs> that's susie's friend <laughs> <laughs> no no one else seems to have noticed him as as me and bart stand there and i, I guess watching this guy um do we you said he was heading for a river do we see exactly where he's going yeah, he seems to be going up to the edge of the river, uh, and... What does he do when he gets there? He, he's, he seems to be uh, washing himself. Had Jane caught us up on her conversation with... Sorry, what, no. what was the girl's name? No, I hadn't had Susie. I hadn't had any ah. time. It was basically just as I was okay. going into the building that the fire started, so... Well, Jane, um, you're sort of standing next to her. I'm speaking to her, but I'm trying not to draw attention to his, his, you know, huddled heads might draw attention. Um, so how did your conversation go with uh, his companion? Yes, uh, interestingly, she's the daughter of the Schellenbombs. I believe you're familiar with uh, her mother. Ah, uh, I, I, I've had the, 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 the pleasure of making her acquaintance. Saw rather more of her than I expected to, actually. <laughs> In comparison, this Susie, she seems fairly with it, really. And her father seems to be going against the Reverend Cornfield 
with his own services and seems to be quite a figurehead in the resistance to mm. the kind of the main church. So I was actually invited along to a sermon later this evening, so might have got us an in. Hmm. Well, I'm afraid um, Spencer and I have made ourselves something of a bad odour with that lot already. Mm. Thanks. Right. Most unintentionally. By the way, I mean, just to make this absolutely clear, most of the people who were upset about your behaviour in the diner are standing around pretty much with you watching the fire. <laughs> so they've certainly seen you talking to Jane now. Oh, no. Mm. I step away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not with those people. Um, but, I mean, mm. they can see that we're not doing anything to stop the fire, though, right? Mm. So I guess maybe I've, that's something. Yes. I, as as can the people of the Bucket Brigade, who every now and then cast beseeching looks over at everyone else for help. Well, it's always fun to try and be neutral. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that, 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 that can never backfire. <laughs> but let's park that just for a moment, and let's move over to Ethan. So just before all of this was kicking off, Ethan was there exploring this change to his circumstances and so as i said you know the the skin around the wound and around your face seemed to be much looser um yeah it almost feels mm -hmm. dead yeah so i don't think i'm gonna pull it away just yet as as much as i know as i as i can feel that it's loose i feel like um this would be a hard thing to explain to to people. Um, I'm turning on, you know, this I, I could just peel it back now, but that would be stupid because I can't imagine my friends looking at me with a lizard face and not shooting first. It has been IMO so far. So, <laughs> but but I, but I think given a number of factors here, given the fact that you just have had all these strange visions, the fact that you can see that you know this human skin is about ready to fall away. And also, I think, given some of your, perhaps, uh, proclivities that have developed over oh. time, I do want a sanity role at this stage. Okay. We all have certain proclivities. <laughs> so, of my 12 sanity left, let's see if I can... No, I'm Fucking kidding. hell. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I'm joking, you, I'm, you, joking. You, I'm joking. Yeah, you had at least 20, didn't you? I have exactly 20 flat. <laughs> so, Fucking yeah. hell. So... Uh, we'll see what I get. I rolled a six against twenty. Holy no shit! No way. Okay. Jammy. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> then somehow against the odds, Ethan is holding this together. You still lose one point of sanity. Okay. But yeah, somehow you are not. Yeah, you are not falling apart under the circumstances, or at least you are not, you know, acting strangely or more strangely than usual. I mean, I, I really wanted. I didn't. The character, Ethan, kind of wants this. Well, it, it's not as much as he knows. It's that he's had a, a crisis of identity, mm. and that feels like that's been that's been very externalized in the last couple of episodes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you know uh, when you've been really badly sunburned though, and you've got all that like peeling yeah, yeah. skin, like you can't not you can't peel resist, it away. Yeah. Like, you'd probably go like, no, nah, it's probably oh, but just a little bit. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Now my cheeks gone. <laughs> mm. 
but I don't know how much, like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you've certainly managed to resist the impulse to just tear the skin off your face and off your head so far. And then, you know, just as you're having this, this internal monologue and exploring the wound and stuff like that, all hell breaks loose outside. You can hear, first of all, aren't you half aware of some smashing glass sounds? And then, you know, there, there is a cry of alarm from the Reverend Cornfield, who is running out of the house, and then you can hear lots more voices outside. So I'm going to, I rush outside to, to, to get a better look and to see what's actually happening. And yeah, from your um, vantage point, you can see, yeah, flames licking over the back of the church. Uh, the whole structure is on fire now. Oh my goodness. Uh, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll try and help. So I'll, uh, I'll be trying to see who's making some kind of effort to save the church and I will do my best to assist. I also know that the Reverend is, uh, is currently a bit fatigued from the, uh, the healing process. Mm. So, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly making the pump uh, that is by his house, um, the water pump available to everyone. Uh, he's getting pots and pans out of his own house, and you know people are coming along with other implements for carrying water. And as I said, they are setting up a bucket brigade. So, Reverend, who who could have done this? Why would they do this? I don't know. There'll be time enough to worry about that later. But now, the most important thing is to try to save the church if we can. I'll, I'll do everything I can. You can see from his expression that he's not looking that optimistic about this. And probably with good reason, the fire seems to be spreading. Mm. You know, people are throwing you know, uh, buckets of water and pots full of water on it. Mm. But fundamentally, they're just splashing bits of water on what is now a conflagration. Oh, yeah. So, complete, complete, completely lost cause. Um, do I recognise that it's a lost cause? Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious, you know, within about 30 seconds, that, you know, this, this isn't going to help. So can I try to look around to see if I can see anybody who might have been involved, or are they just long gone? Well, standing standing off to one side, you can see uh, Bart, Spencer, and Jane. Looking very awkward. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna walk over to them quite casually. Yeah, but I'm gonna sort of walk past them. I'm not gonna like face them. I'm gonna walk past them and be like, "It wasn't you, was it? Did you guys do this?" Is it? Jane just shakes her head slightly. Six, no, no, and then I just keep walking past. So. I mean, as as <laughs> you know, Ethan comes over and talks to you like this. I mean, you can see as he turns, you know, you know, half towards you and then half away again. There's just something about the way the skin's moving on his face. Yeah, you know, it's like the skin isn't moving in quite the same way as the movements of his body. I imagine Jane starts kind of shaking her to say, no, 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 we didn't do this, and then starts shaking it more like, no, 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 no. I think that's actually worth a sanity roll off the three of you. Oh, no. reaction, Jane's going to fail. Yeah, at the moment, the skin of his head looks, it looks like a loose balaclava helmet that's not fitting quite right. It's a bit skewed over the eyes. You notice the very partial lisp. I succeed. 25 against 67. This wasn't you, was it? I roll a 94. No. 
Ooh, okay. <laughs> that is perfect sense. I've been initiated of the Church of Yig. <laughs> but, oof. It's all new dispense. Bart and Jane are okay. Let's see how bad this is for Spencer, however. <laughs> You're about to unload. Oh, yeah. the greatest thing stats. about so, rippling so. faces. <laughs> So, so yeah, yeah. But Spencer is looking at at uh, Ethan just as you know he moves his head, and it, it really is that it just goes crooked, and and half of the skin on his face goes down over one eye, and half of it just goes up on the other side, revealing something scaly beneath. And <laughs> and yeah, you lose five points of sanity at this stage. Oh shit! <laughs> I'd like you to make an intelligence roll, please. I roll 78. Uh, what is your intelligence? Uh, it is 50. Oh, right. Oh, that's good. Okay, you failed. So you do not perhaps <laughs> fully internalize the full horror of the situation. So you don't have a bout of madness at this stage. You. I, I imagine I would look at him and think that due to knowing how crazy he is, he's managed to find a rubber mask from like... No, <laughs> a store no. or something. Well, you, still, because you failed, I mean, there is an involuntary reaction, and I think your involuntary reaction is just to cry out in alarm and surprise as you see this. So, <sighs> I mean, you you you, you perhaps have managed to damp it down into denial after that, but there is this moment where Spencer cries out, and suddenly, you know, the the gang of roughs or the group of roughs from the diner all turn to look <laughs> at what what Spencer's just cried out about. And I think that's a good point to cut over to what Charles is up to. So Charles, as I said, had just examined this wound on his hand uh, after taking the bandages off. And I think, yeah, considering your concerns about it before, this is a very good opportunity for a sanity roll. So Charles is like, no, no. Oh no no no! And he rolls his dice and he gets a fifty. <laughs> he rolls his dice and looks Versus at his hand because oh my 48. god, forty-eight. <laughs> so that's a fail by two. Okay, you know, alcohol and denial for the fail. I, I'm, I'm going to make this quite a bad one because this is something that you were very much failing, and it is something that is deeply personal and troubling. So. I'm going to make this uh, D6 plus 2, I think. Okay, so that is a 5 total. Oh, okay. Then give me that intelligence roll. I'm not having this. No. No. Um, so, so I've just rolled a 1 versus 40. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, Charles is not taking this well then. So that is, I mean, for a start, it's a bout of madness, starting now. And you aren't around any other investigators, so, yeah, I, I think we'll cut away from Charles here, actually, and come to the aftermath of what happens as Charles fails to deal with the horror of what is happening to him. I think it's a very cool rule in the Call of Cthulhu rulebook that if you do have a bout of madness with no one around, uh, some very strange thing happens and it doesn't happen very often so I'm quite curious to see how this is going to work <laughs> okay so 
let's cut back to the others then. So, Ethan has walked past and is heading somewhere. Where, where was he going to? No, no, he, I, I, I was just trying to go past to see if that make sure that it wasn't them, as eliminating them is a possible reason why the church is on fire. Um, yeah, that, that's all. I'm just so, circling back around and spending more time with the Reverend. I'm, I'm quite adamant to go through this second ritual. I feel like I'm getting, I'm collecting belts. <laughs> um, I'm, soon I'm going to be a black belt lizard. <laughs> yeah, black belt, black mambo, one of the two. Um, <laughs> so seeing as you are walking amongst all these hostile people from the diner and that Spencer has drawn attention to you, I think I would mm -hmm. like you to make a luck roll just to see whether any of them are paying any attention. I'm actually I'm doing really well on luck. You've you given me a bunch of luck refreshes. You were like, you know what? People seem to like you. You need to survive. I got 57 against 60. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Then, yes, somehow, yes. against the odds, yeah. Uh, Ethan makes his way back to the Reverend to help out with this futile attempt to put out the fire in the church, mm -hmm. and none of the locals seem to pay any attention to your skin condition. Yeah, a bit of my face loops down. I just push it back up again. It's fine. <laughs> yes. Just... Whoop. <laughs> Does he look like the oh the I can't remember the actor's name, but in the first Men in Black movie, the meat suit? Yes, exactly, something like that. And he's like drinking. It's the first film. He's like drinking sugar water and stuff. He's like, yeah. oh man, that freaked me so so much as a kid. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, uh, what are Jane, Bart, and Spencer doing? I think now probably keeping an eye on the the hubbub and people looking quite disgusted over in our direction and i kind of look at my companions and they're like what what have you what have you done <laughs> what now the cigarettes are calm my nerves <laughs> <laughs> just don't throw it at the church building it might look bad <laughs> it's a bit late to worry though Lighting it by the fire of the church might be a bit... Oofay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be a power well, move. We we had a, a completely unintentional run-in with some local yokels, and I'm afraid uh, Spencer and I rather got our dander up at their attitudes. Um, uh. Suffice to say, we haven't made friends. People I in this town are just so unfriendly and unagreeable most of the time. Mm. And uh, are they pro this church or pro the other church? Looks like the locals actually, uh, uh, they're quite against this place. Right, okay. Um, I, I, yeah, I think Jane at this point is uh, probably going to head away from you guys a bit because she kind of wants the in with, yeah, the anti Yig people, I guess. Um, I might make myself a bit scarce. As you walk away, you're looking at them, tapping your nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then, uh, just to cut a long story short, the church burns down. I mean, no. There is an attempt to save it, lots of splashing of water, lots of wailing and gnashing of teeth, but fundamentally, you know, it's a big wooden structure, it's dry... There's lots of fire. In the middle of an Oklahoma summer. Yeah, yeah. it's it's, it's not. A lot of dust. It never really stood a chance. 
So it takes about half an hour for the thing to burn down completely. I mean, during that time, the the people involved with the church, the reverends, you know, faithful, they help for about 15 minutes. But, you know, at that stage, the building is beginning to collapse in on itself. So they go from that to just standing around comforting each other. I was going to say that there'd probably be quite a bit of concern that embers would, would fly and land on other houses. Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, there certainly is, you know, there there are people going around throwing water on some of the other houses as well to try to, or some of the nearby structures, to try to make sure the fire doesn't spread. And mercifully, it doesn't. But, yeah, the Reverend speaks to, you know, the assembled faithful who've gathered to help and I guess this includes Ethan and Mm -hmm. says obviously this is an attack on our community an attack on our faith an attack on the church and we cannot we cannot let these people win we cannot let their hatred win we will rise above this we will keep our faith strong we will keep the church strong and tonight we will go ahead with the ceremony. We will go ahead with our act of worship, even if we have to do it in the street outside where our church once stood. You know, bring bring chairs from home. Bring your own seating. Bring yourselves. And we will express our faith openly in the streets of Bingham. And th- those who hate us, those who act against us, they are welcome to take whatever action they choose but we are protected we are the chosen of god and we will prevail at this point bart just leaves over spencer why do i have the feeling that this is the beginning of a miniaturized version of the 30 years war (laughs) (laughs) i just kind of grim yeah so um uh, I try to pull the reverend aside after this. Do you really think that's such a good idea to have everybody out in the open? I think uh, we, I, I could offer some level of protection. I've got some some provisions that I've brought with me when I came here. But perhaps if you allow me to, to bring something, I, I could I could guarantee the safety of, of the community. What did you have in mind? I have I have a gun called the BFG. No, <laughs> uh, it, it's a it's a very large weapon. Uh, it's um, I, I also have a I have a pet who is a, essentially like a trained dog, but not really a dog. Um, yes, he's more more scaled. If you if you know what I'm hinting at. Um, <laughs> the, the, anyway. the Reverend looks quite confused at this but also intrigued <laughs> um, well if I whistle perhaps <laughs> if he's in range who knows he, he might show up but I don't think I don't think you want to bring him here now that would be a bad idea especially with the people who Greg? are around I'm trying to remember Greg is waiting outside with the um, with the I basically I buried the weapons and told Greg to just wander around the okay. desert doing his thing so <laughs> well, it's not, not a desert, it's Ohio, but you know, yeah, you know what I mean. The outback. <laughs> the Reverend says, your support is is very much appreciated, Ethan, and, and thank you. I think any great display of force 
might be dangerous. Uh, by all means, bring a gun. Um, I think anything too ostentatious might attract attention rather right. than you know, rather than protect people. But by all think, means, uh, bring other guns. We may need your help to keep the congregation I, safe. I think I think I'll 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 move them closer to. For, could I keep some things in your house, perhaps? Yes, uh, for, yes just for the evening. Yeah, all right. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go move those things now. Um, I, I don't want to be showing the weapon out in the open. Like you said, it might uh, it might aggravate the situation if they think we're going there with with weapons. And yeah, I, I simply want to ensure that the ritual is not disturbed. Um, is there a moment, an opportunity to to sort of for for Bart to take to have a, at least a semi private word with the with the Reverend Cornfield? Yeah, I mean, well, he's certainly standing over to one side at the moment, having a private conversation with Ethan. And if he wanted to go over and join them, no one. I think would I'll stop let you. Ethan leave first because Ethan seems a bit chummy okay. <laughs> at this <laughs> point. Right, the, I mean, the one thing as well that the Reverend Cornfield says is before Ethan leaves is. Don't worry, the protection of the congregation isn't entirely in your hands. Sheriff Benson is one of our faithful as well, and he will be there to protect us too. Oh, yes, the the good sheriff. He brought me to you, yeah. Any assistance you can offer, yes, w would be would be wonderful. All right, I'll get on that. Thank you, Reverend. Okay. And so um, you're you're going off to retrieve your your weapons yeah, yeah. and Greg. Yeah. Oh God, Greg. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my condolences, Reverend. I'm, I'm terribly sorry about what's happened. Yes. Uh, thank you. Um, this, I suppose, wasn't entirely unexpected. The the mood of the town has been troubled recently and there are certainly those amongst us who are not happy with the new teachings of the church uh, but but how are you so certain that it was awesome i mean this is hot dry weather and it's a wooden building uh, people freely come and go it could have just as easily have been an accident you'd be rather Jump to conclusions there. Because the fire started after I heard the sound of breaking glass outside. It was localised on the outside of the building on one side, and when I got there to start throwing water over it, I could smell gasoline. Ah. Um. Do you think it wise to be quite so defiant? In your... Uh... What, you, you think we should be cowed? You think that we should retreat at the first sign of trouble? The, the, our, our faith is stronger than that. Hmm. Yes, I, th this I understand, but I would remind you that uh, strong faith tends to get a lot of people killed if it's not tempered with some wisdom. This... <laughs> now this is a dangerous time for us and if we show our weakness those who act against us will be emboldened ah uh, well I suppose you, you know your town and the times are outsider I haven't 
very little say in how you behave, but, uh... Well, I, I guess you're going to do what you're going to do. Uh, the meeting's still on this evening, then. Yes, yes, of course. I, we will gather the congregation outside the, where the church was, and we will conduct our faith, we will conduct our worship out there in the open for all to see. Mm. Um, sorry, if you don't mind my asking, that, that, that lad you were just speaking to seems rather familiar, but I can't, I can't place him. Oh, he's another newcomer to the town, a, a pilgrim by the name of Ethan Vandermeer. Uh, from South Africa, I think. Long way to have come. Uh, is he an, an initiate of your church? That's an odd choice of words. We uh, academics have our foibles. Uh, no, he, he is a pilgrim. He has come to us and uh, we are attempting to provide succour and healing as, as he requires. Ah. Uh, very well, um. Uh, perhaps I, I shall observe your your evening um, services in that case. Uh, you are you are welcome to join us. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm sure you have plenty to be uh, getting on with. Uh, good luck. And I'll walk away, sort of politely. So Jane, after have, after separating herself off from the others and trying hard to look like she's not with them what, what what was it she had in mind after that um i think i'm keen to go along to this competing service and kind of get that side of things um i mean is it still the afternoon at the moment it is yeah that won't be for a few hours got a little bit of time yeah so i think um with the opportunity being out on her own she's just gonna have a little bit of a a further snoop around the town and see if she comes across anything interesting, I guess. She's kind of at a bit of a loose end. Okay. Well, I, I guess, well, let, let's put this down to um, a, well, let's make it either a spot hidden or a luck roll, whichever one is higher for you. Okay, I think it's spot hidden for me. That's like my main skill. <laughs> okay. Uh, or one of them. One sec. Oh, goodness me, not today. Uh, 99 over 80. Okay, still not a fumble, but yeah, you uh, look around the town. Uh, you see, well, some of the things I mentioned before, you know, things like, you know, there's obviously the diner you walk past, the hotel you've been to, there's the department store you walk past, there's the lumber yard. Uh, you do spot that there's a barber shop. Um, there's a blacksmith's workshop. Um, there's obviously the sheriff's office. Um, there seems to be a, a local newspaper, a local bank. Uh, but, you know, um, apart from that, yeah, things are fairly quiet. Mm. And um, do I walk past quite a few of the abandoned houses on my way as well? Or? You do, yes, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why, but I'm quite drawn to that. I think. Um, mm. I know it's partly just probably just because it's a bit of a dust bowl town, and 
you know, people aren't finding their trade there, but I just wonder if there's anything more sinister going on. So I was wondering if maybe I could have a little, little looky. Yeah. <laughs> in one of these houses, I don't know. Probably nothing, but Jane's kind of, she likes to investigate things. Um, sure. Well, breaking into one isn't difficult. I mean, the town isn't exactly bustling, so you can find a quiet time. And, mm. you know, the first one you try, the door's not locked. Mm. And you can kind of tell because the dust is sort of just up against the door. Yeah. It's just almost having to cover my mouth as I head in. Yeah, you... Um, you, you go in, and yeah, the house is... it is empty. The furniture's been taken out, there's no belongings in there. Um, there's obviously a bit of dust that's managed to get in through the cracks. But really, no, it's it, it just seems to be an abandoned house. Yeah, so no sign of things left quickly, or any struggle, no. or anything like that? No, yeah. no. No, no, no... F- strange stains on the floorboards and no funny <laughs> smells nothing like that jane no. doesn't know if she's disappointed or not <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i think after a, after a while i guess she's just kind of thinking well i'm just standing in someone's empty house now aren't i <laughs> <laughs> it's probably worth moving on um okay well as you head out of the house you can see that there is someone watching you uh, from the house across the road. There's there's a young woman who's who's looking out the window of the house. You know, she's got her hand over her eyes, blocking out the sun, so she can get a good view of you, and is watching fairly mm. suspiciously as you're coming out of this house. <laughs> I just wave at her. <laughs> uh, she, I mean, she moves away from the window and she goes over to the door and she opens it up. Uh, you can see that she's not not heavily, but she's definitely pregnant. Uh, mm. She looks like she's in her late teens, early twenties. Uh, okay. You know, she, she's looking at you through the door and saying, "What are you doing in the old Barlow house?" I'm just wondering why so many of these houses are abandoned. Oh, it's the Dust Bowl. I, it's since since all this happened. You know, most of the farms have failed. You know, there aren't enough businesses here now. Or there isn't enough business to keep everyone going. A lot of people have headed west now. Mm. Yeah, I guess to... Sorry, this isn't Jane speaking. I guess to Jane, it's, it's quite strange because she's spent all her life living in cities. So this is just not really much of a concept to her, uh, being out in the middle of nowhere. And, and I kind of say, it, it seems uh, the ones who are staying are rather religiously preoccupied at the moment. Again, she looks at you suspiciously. Uh, what, what do you mean? What do you you mean the people who who are coming to the town to the first church? Yes, uh, yes. Seems oh, to be a lot of a lot of uh, buzz around that. Are, are you a pilgrim as well? I'm of a sort, of a sort. Oh, and and have you met the Reverend Cornfield? Uh, not not formally, no, no. Oh. But I, I know of him. Handsome chap, isn't he? You haven't met him yet? Oh, we'll have... I mean, there's a service this evening. I'll have to take you along to the church so we can... Uh, so, so yes, yes. So you, you'll have to come along tonight. Uh, yes, perhaps so. Um, I have just arrived, though, and I'm feeling rather tired. <laughs> I was planning to wash my hair tonight, no? 
Um, <laughs> Jane really doesn't want to go. <laughs> I, she, she invites you in, uh, by the way. She, yeah, please come in. I, uh, I'll, I'll make, I'll make her some tea. T- tell me what's brought you to Bingham. Then, did, <laughs> did you, did you hear the word on the radio? Ah, uh, yes, I, I did actually, and I was very intrigued. Um, I almost felt somewhat drawn here. It's interesting, isn't it? It is. It is. I, oh, sorry, I'm being very rude. My, my name's Peggy. Peggy Shaw. She says. Starts making you some tea. Peggy Shaw. Gregory's wife? No. Yeah, you know Gregory. You've met him. <laughs> I, I just, oh, um, yes, you're, you're Gregory's, Peggy. Um, I, I haven't met him, but I was talking to a girl, um, Susie, earlier. I, I'm, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, you know, just filled up the kettle and she's putting, putting it on the wood burning stuff. And, and, and as soon as you mention Susie's name, she just slams the kettle down on top of the hob. Yeah, precocious girl, isn't she? I, I, I after she slammed it down on front, on top of the hob, she steps back for a moment and looks alarmed. And you, you can see her. She's, she quickly sort of kneels down and checks under the stove and then gets back up and she looks relieved. Under the stove. And that would strike Jane as strange. <laughs> well, I don't know if she wants to ask because she's just upset her. And Say, it's we're a bit we're modern people. Is this a wood-fired stove? Is it, 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 is, it is okay. a wood-fired stove. Yeah. Okay, so it makes sense that she would do that. Okay. I was thinking, like, what's she got under there? Yig? <laughs> what's going on? Uh, no, I mean, the, this is under the... So, I mean, the stove itself is basically on iron legs and there's a gap between that and the, the ground. Uh, and she's... Whatever she just checked is underneath it in the shadows underneath. Right. I think Jane's not going to react to that for now. Um, Jane's just going to... Jane's going to play it completely straight as in no idea why she'd be upset about it. It's like, oh, are you, are you okay? Is everything all right? Oh, yes, everything's fine, she says. And uh, she... It looks, you know, a little bit anxious. Yeah. Um, and I kind of sort of gesture towards her as if, you know, she's quite heavily pregnant. Like, oh, let, let me help you with the tea. Let me help you. Um, and I start bustling. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm I'm Jane, by the way. Pleased to meet you. Good to meet you, Jane. And, uh, yeah, she... She hears a sound from upstairs. You're not quite sure what it is. Yeah, it's not a sound like you've ever heard before, but maybe, maybe it's the sound of an animal in distress. And she said, oh, could you wait here for a moment? I'm I'm sorry about this. I've just got to run up. Okay, yes. Can I help with anything or? No, no, no. And with that, she scurries up the stairs. I'm looking straight under the cooker. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So, and, and... And underneath, you can see a tray of sand has been laid there, a metal tray filled with mm-hmm. sand. And in the sand, there's, there are about eight eggs of some description. Oh, They're perhaps the size of goose eggs, but they look quite leathery. In fact, ah. perhaps, perhaps a bit larger than goose eggs. <laughs> okay, just normal things. Um, yeah, if you give me a, a natural world roll, um, uh, that could be useful. Uh, yeah. So the ba- the base skill, I think, is 20% in natural world. 
Okie doke. Well, I'll give it a go. Ten. You never know. Oh, ten, sorry. Ah. Sixty-nine. <laughs> so no. Okay. Nice. So, no. I, you, you think... You think they might be... They might be snake eggs, but you're not sure. They're certainly big. I'm half thinking, like, do I nick one? But I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as, as you're watching them, one of them shifts slightly in the sand. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I Could Jane, like sort of put a hand near them and see like how hot they are try to gauge if they're too hot to touch and if they're not perhaps like touch one of them and see if they, so you can feel anything yeah you, you put your hand you know under the stove and it's it's not actually that hot there i mean it's it's warm but it's not hot and yeah i mean if you touch one of the the eggs and it's leathery and dry and it feels, yeah, kind of body temperature, or slightly warmer than body temperature, and yeah, definitely something shifts inside. Um, give, by the way, give me a listen roll. Uh oh. Also, as soon as something shifts, her hand kind of goes, oh, <laughs> as if like, why was I not expecting this? Um, a, a listen roll was it? Okay. Yes. Again, this should be a good one for me, but I'm rolling like crap today, so we'll see. <laughs> Okay, yeah, 52 out of 80, so... Oh, okay. I, I hear something! <laughs> yeah, then you hear the creak of, of the stairs, of, of Peggy coming back downstairs while you're needling there. Okay, I'm going to swiftly get back to my tea. Okay. so the yeah, hair out of place. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you're sitting back there looking all innocent by the time she comes back into the kitchen. She says sorry about that. The little one's so restless. Oh, of course. <laughs> Uh, you you're, you're, you have uh, more more children. She's a bit like, well, yes, a child well, in her head. <laughs> that was definitely a child. I heard maybe. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, so she's like, ah, oh, yes, uh, you you have other children, do you? Other children? Well, I've I've, I've got I've got a baby. Yeah. Right, right. She she's looking very puzzled at you with your talk of other <laughs> children. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, never had any myself, but uh, childbirth is a wondrous thing, isn't it? Oh, it's it's such a dangerous thing. I, I, I'd be dead if it weren't for the Reverend Cornfield. I, of it's, oh, it, it was just it was just a couple of months ago when I was when I was giving birth to to little William and. Oh, he was he was such a trouble, and oh, I, I was bleeding and. Yeah, I, I, I would have been dead. The Reverend Cornfield, he laid his hands on me and he saved me. Wow. So, um, just to clarify, she's pregnant again? She looks like she's probably four or five months pregnant. But she gave birth two months ago. <laughs> what? <laughs> Again, Jane is like not quite keen on pointing that out. I don't know. Well, actually, maybe she could spend it as a positive thing. She's like, "Oh, so um, but you 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 seem quite far along. If I say that's that's amazing, is that also oh, the the Reverend's power?" It is. Yes. I since since he healed me, I I have been so blessed. I Gregory and I, I we 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 always wanted a large family. 
and what the Reverend Cornfield has done for us is just miraculous. I, I just wish Gregory could see it the same way as I did, as I do. Mm. Yes, I. It seems he's not as as big a fan of the Reverend's teachings. No, no, he isn't. I, I, I hardly see him anymore. He comes back in for his his meal in the evening, but apart from that, I, I, I we might as well be strangers to each other now. Gosh, that must be difficult. Hmm. <laughs> and in Jay's head, she's just like, eh, straight people. I don't know. <laughs> 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 What's that all about? Um, <laughs> and she wasn't to find out for decades. Um, yeah, so... Oh, um, Jay's in the interesting position of kind of wanting to push and get more information, but mm. also not wanting to push too far. Um, up to you. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think, I'm trying to think if there's any other questions I want to well, ask. Well, I'll, I'll, t- I'll, t- um, I'll tell you what, shall, shall, shall we cut away from you while you mull over that? Yeah, yes, that'd be great. And, um, yeah, let's cut back to Charles. Yes, <laughs> been waiting to hear about this. <laughs> so, oh yeah, Charles wakes up, you're... You are somewhere you don't recognize. You're lying on a hard surface. And, yeah, you feel sore. You feel battered. Um, you know, some, someone has worked you over. Your head is spinning. Uh, you put your hand up to your face and your face is swollen. Your your eye is swollen out to there. Um, you, know, you pull your hand away and there's blood. And as your one good eye comes into focus, you can see, yeah, you're lying on a wooden bench and there are bars nearby and you you piece together fairly quickly that you're lying in the cell. Oh, Christ, what? I'm going to jump to my feet if I can, probably swaying. Hey! Hey there! What? What the... What the hell happened? And this this large burly man uh, wearing a, a, a sheriff's badge walks over the, cl- the floorboards creaking underneath him and looks at you through the bars and says, I wasn't sure you were going to wake up. Is that a good point to end this episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ooh. That seems like a good place to end it then. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for playing. And thank you, everyone at home, for listening. Uh, my name is Joe Tritt. If you want to get in co- contact with me, you can find me on Twitter at HWR Podcast. You can find me on the podcast Discord page, podcast Facebook page, through Reddit. And you can also contact the podcast itself at HowRollPodcast at gmail.com. Kurin, um, anything you want to share, plug, mention? How can people get in touch with you? Well, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Currens underscore lines um, or find me on twitch um uh which is twitch.tv forward slash current uh j is in the letter and then um current is k-u-r-a-n um yeah other than that um find me on the how we roll discord really cool uh dave thank you for playing um how can people get in touch with you anything you want to share anything you want to mention i am to be found lurking on our discord 
if you want to get into contact with me specifically, just at me on there and I will respond. It's been super active the last couple of weeks. I think we've just passed uh, 500 members. It's a very, very cool place. Um, Aaron, how, again, thank you for playing. How can people get in touch with you? Anything you want to share, plug or mention? Yeah, thanks, Joe. You can go ahead and follow me on Twitter at HWR Aaron. And uh, you can also find me on the How We Roll Discord, just at Aaron, and I will see and respond. Very cool. And Camille, uh, thank you again for playing. How can people get in touch with you? Anything you want to share, plug or mention? Yeah, um, if anyone does want to get on touch in touch with me, I am infrequently on Twitter at Camille Bouard. Um, if it's if it's in the show notes, that's probably the best way to find it because it's a weird one to spell. Um, and then I also, if you happen to be into poetry, I do poetry on Instagram at Cami underscore poetry. If that's your thing, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's me. Very cool. Thank you very much. And Scott, uh, how can we get in touch with you and anything you want to share, plug or mention? Yes. Well, if people want to find me, the best way is going to blasphemoustomes.com, uh, which is the website of the good friends of Jackson Elias. There are links there to our various social media presences. And also, if while you're there, you want to download some of the episodes of the podcast, we talk about Call of Cthulhu, uh, horror films, weird fiction and all sorts of other cool things. Alternatively, take a look for me at the uh, How We Roll Discord server, because I am often there. Amazing. And again, thank you everyone at home for listening. We do hope you've enjoyed the show. If you'd like to hear more of what we do, you can find more Call of Cthulhu, including more Two-Headed Serpent. I've got my Russian accent up. More Two-Headed Serpent, more Dungeon Dragons, and and some very, very special Patreon-only releases. There's quite a few out there now. We've got um, Cult Divinity Lost, got a couple of those got uh, some call of cthulhu and uh, some hopefully some more coming on soon and these are episodes that are only available to our patrons um, and you can find those by going to patreon.com forward slash how roll podcast and donating five dollars a month um, so about the price of a coffee you get a whole ton of extra content and our normal episodes released early before we go, I want to say a huge thank you to all our patrons. We literally could not do the show without you. We want to welcome some new patrons. Um, F233656, thank you very much. And welcome back, Zampano. Again, thank you for your increased donation. That's really, really cool. Um, we also want to say a big thank you to uh, BattleBards.com, who have supplied many of the, the music and sound effects you've heard in the episode. And also to our partners at Idle Chambers of Forgotten Realms, who have a gold chess code just for uh, how we roll listeners. All you need to do is enter the game, which is free to download, um, and enter this code. K-O-P-H-L-A-R-S-S-N-Y-E. That is all from us, and we'll be back very, very soon with the next exciting episode. Goodbye.